Hello, and welcome to the WWIA podcast. We're honored to have you join us in our mission to bring honor, connection, and healing to America's combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, we welcome you. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. Please be sure to tell others about our podcast and leave us a review if you're enjoying what you're hearing. On today's episode, we're honored to introduce you to one of our phenomenal event hosts, Mr. Scott Samuels. Scott has been proudly serving and honoring our Purple Heart heroes for almost a decade at his stellar event, the Eagle River Muskie Challenge. Scott, along with his tremendous and generous community of friends, businesses, and supporters in Eagle River, Wisconsin, have rallied around our heroes year after year, showing them an exceptional time while they experience world-class fishing in pursuit of the elusive muskie, share food, fun, laughs, and stories with fellow heroes, and newfound friends in the beautiful Northwoods of Wisconsin. It's a great conversation that we're excited to share with you today. Let's join the conversation with John and Scott right now. Hi, I'm John McDaniel, the founder and CEO of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation. We're a national 501c3 helping our combat wounded. And this is our podcast, Honor, Connect, and Heal. And I'm super excited today because I have with us one of the greatest Americans I know. Uh, His name is Scott Samuels. He, He hails from Eagle River, Wisconsin, which is way, way up north. And he's been uh, energizing his community for coming up on 10 years in support of the foundation and our work. And they have a mission that's called Eagle River Muskie Challenge. And uh, without further ado, welcome to the program. Scott, how are you? I'm good, John. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, we both got smiles on our face because... Uh, you know, it's, it's it, you know, we're looking at each other on the video and just recording it. Uh, so it's really good to see. You. I, I understand uh, you are currently in Miami. Is that correct? I am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. You know, um, for the listeners out there, let me let me tee this up and you feel free to chime in at, at, at any any point here, uh, Scott. But, you know, you do. You do a muskie fishing event up there in Eagle River, Wisconsin. And for folks that don't know, I mean, Eagle River, uh, Wisconsin is way, way, way up there. I mean, you're, aren't you like one, like one county away or don't, doesn't your county, doesn't that county that you're in like touch the UP? It does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're, 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 and we're so north, this must- we're north, we're further north than 60% of the population of Canada, actually. So we're at that. <laughs> that's a that's a great statistic. I think I'll footnote that. Um, excellent. And so this Muskie Challenge event. Okay. So I've been on it. I, I went on it one year, and I was super impressed. Um, you have some of the best Muskie fishermen on the planet supporting your mission. The heroes link up with their guides. They go out in the water. You know, they they fish for the elusive uh, Muskie, and then um, you know every night you come back to a beautiful lodge. And, and guys uh, break bread and, and talk about what happened on the water, and then you get up and you, you, and you do it all over again. So tell us about your event, Scott. Well, it's been going on. This will be the the ninth year. This It's every September. And like you mentioned, we bring in wounded warriors from around the country 
we matched them up with the best fishing guides in the North Woods, maybe some of the best guides in the country, actually. And we put them out on the Eagle River chain of lakes for two full days of musky fishing excitement. And uh, so they've got the fishing, and then there's a lot of great camaraderie and socializing between the guides and the warriors, between the warriors themselves, because they all have something in common, and they socialize with each other quite a bit. And then, of course, socializing with networking with our sponsors that come in, that pay for everything, and they come in and spend time with everybody. So each each night we have dinners, and uh, we've got Lunch is provided for the warriors and breakfasts, and they just we just try to have a good time, just a few days of, of a really good time without any real hard agenda or anything like that. And it's it's worked out great yeah. so far. We love it. Yeah, I think I think it's phenomenal. I mean, I think that that's the recipe, right? I mean, right there is you don't want to put any pressure on these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're, they're they're you know they're coming to a place they've never been. Um, I mean, can you imagine, you know, living in Tupelo, Mississippi, and then coming up to Eagle River, you know, Wisconsin in the fall, which, you know, is is gorgeous, not, you know, nine times out of ten. Sometimes you get some snotty weather up there that time of year. But, but you know, it's just a beautiful part of the country. And, and to, you know, experience that 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 uh, up there on the, the chain of lakes and, and to pursue, okay, the muskie. And let's talk about the muskie for a second, right? I, I'm an old Wisconsin guy. I grew up um, in in Wisconsin and and have fished, you know, all over the state, uh, you know, for muskie and other uh, freshwater species. But the muskie is the one fish that kind of keeps fishermen up at night. And for those that don't know, it's true. I mean, I mean, literally and figuratively. But the muskie. I mean, there are fishermen, and I'm sure that the, those that you're, you know, that are part of your your organization of support in that great community up there. Well, I mean, what a great community uh, it is that you have, and and you've done an amazing job. You really have of knitting it together and 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 getting people to pour out to support what you're doing, and and it's just nothing but phenomenal. But these musky fishermen, as you mentioned in the opening, are probably some of the best musky fishermen on the planet. You know, they really are. They're in the sweet spot of where the big musky or muscalounge live. And and it used to be, you know, when I was growing up, you know, um, you know, chucking big plugs at these dudes. Um, it used to be that, that the musky was referred to as the uh, the, the fish of 10,000 casts, which meant that you had to throw something at it 10,000 times before maybe you got a bite. And now that's changed considerably because our methods, um, you know, what we're fishing with, how we're fishing them. And, of course, the resource itself has been, uh, I think, uh, heavily protected, guarded, and great conservation effort. Not everybody, most people today are returning these fish to the water, not killing them and eating them. I mean, I've never seen a muskie killed. I've been fishing for a muskie my whole life. I've never killed one. I've never seen anybody kill one to eat it. Now, there's nothing wrong if you do. I mean, I, I don't have anything against that, but but I think most fishermen are returning them to the water. So, um, talk about uh, a little bit about this this muscalange. And for for those that don't know, his eyes are set forward in its head, okay, and it's green and it's slimy and it's camouflaged, and they get up to about fifty in excess of fifty inches. 
Okay, so that's a monster fish, right? And they're big, thick-bellied, and they got a mouthful of teeth, and they're predatory in nature. And boy, when you hook one of those dudes, you know it. So, you know, tell us about, you know, why, you know, your little bit experience about what's happening on the water, you know, with these guys that are pursuing, you know, these fish, and 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 why are you motivated by the muskie? Well, they're the, they're, as you mentioned, they're the top predator out there. And they're the great equalizer. It's, you know, I, I've run musky tournaments in northern Wisconsin for years. And you see the top pros out there fishing, and then they might not catch anything. The ones who know everything might not catch anything. Exactly. And then some father-daughter team that might fish a few weekends a year will come out and will win the tournament. Um, you never know what's going to happen, which is one of the attractions of that fish. You never know what's going to happen. It could be really hot one day, and oh, now I found the bait that that this, that really works on this lake. So this is it. Yeah, it's gonna. And you won't catch a fish for ten years on that bait on that lake. Following that, it's you, you never know what's going to happen. It's so it, which makes it so exciting just to see what. And they, yeah. and they tend to follow the baits in a lot, John. So even if you don't catch anything, yeah. to have a big fish just follow, especially like a topwater bait, to have that fish. Yeah. Their fins are out of the water. They're slowly coming in. It's there's nothing like it in the world, and um, yeah. it's love. And you should hear our warrior. Well, you have you've heard our warriors describe their day on the water. Even the ones that haven't caught anything, just to see a fin or to see their head. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. they'll, they'll remember that for the rest of their lives. And that's our job is to provide those kinds of memories for them. And if they catch one, it's a plus. Um, as you know, you did pretty well when you were here, which was good. And yeah, but just just to pursue them and to see them, um, yeah. And we we get a lot of warriors that don't really know what it's like, but they leave here. I mean, really, just energized about it. It's pretty exciting to see. You know, you, you uh, uh, what comes to mind when I muskie fish is um, is combat, and and the only reason I mention that is because. You know, I used to describe, you know, when people would ask me or, you know, I had the occasion to talk about, you know, experience in combat. And, you know, I'm not the guy didn't make this up. So, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I, I came up with this. I, I just repeat it because it made a lot of sense to me. And that is that, you know, combat is like 99 minutes of sheer boredom interrupted by one minute of, you know, of sheer panic. You it's know, exactly and, and that's kind of. <laughs> It's a, that's musky fishing. It is. You know, you might be out there for four or five hours, mm-hmm. you know, until your arm wants to fall off. And then, you know, all of a sudden, there he is, you know, and, and you've got him. So to, to shape this for the audience that's out there that doesn't know, you know, you might spend all day out there, you know, chucking chicken feathers or plugs or whatever you got at this thing or soaking, you know, chubs down below the surface and not have a bite, but, you know, so, you know, if you catch one muskie in a day, you know, I think you just raise, raise the flag and declare victory, regardless of how big it is, right? And you know how you can tell when you, if you go on social, the social networks, there's a lot of these muskie fishing discussion groups, they'll talk about mm-hmm. their day. They won't say that, they'll never say they didn't catch anything. They'll say, well, we, we saw 14 and we had six yeah. up to the boat. Um, yeah, I had four follows. We couldn't get them to hit. They kind of talk like it's the fish's fault for not cooperating. They won't say they didn't catch anything. You know, <laughs> that's, that's how hard it is. Just no, yeah, I know. everything. So it's funny. I love it. Those. 
I'll, I'll tell you, you know, my, 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 my first experience with a muskie was up in your neck of the woods, up near Eagle River. Two of my good high school buddies, we weren't actually in high school. We were, I think it was the summer before high school. <clears throat> you know, Stu Strunzi, Grady Coon, and Johnny Mack heading up to the north woods of Wisconsin. We stop off at a bait stop. You know, and, uh, and we're, we're going to pitch tents and sleep up there, you know, out in the, you know, campgrounds or wherever and fish for muskie. And, and Stewie was trailering his boat. And, and, and so we stop in this, this sporting goods store. And, you know, back in the day, I mean, I might have had on me, you know, as a, you know, a guy, a young boy between the, you know, about ready to enter high school. You know, I mean, if I had 20 bucks on me in cash, that's a lot of money. You know, I mean, and that meant I'd mowed a lot of lawns. I'd saved my allowance. You know, $20 was, you know, hey, I'm going for three days. I got 20 bucks in my wallet. I didn't have a credit card. You know, so we stop in this bait store and, and, and I'm looking at all these musky lures, you know, on the wall. And uh, and I, I made the mistake of going, you know, what are they biting on? And, and, and dude's like points to the biggest, you know, MEPS, you know, spinner that is on the wall. Of course, it's like, you know, $12. You know, and I'm like, I'll take it, you know. So I take the only $20 I got and I buy a $12, uh, you know, MEPS, you know, muscular that, you know, it, it's got a treble, you know, it's got a treble hook on it, you know, about the size of my palm, you know, this monster thing with a big spinner on it and this bucktail looking deal. And both my buddies are like, dude, I can't believe you just paid $12 for that thing. You're not going to catch anything. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're out there fishing and for like two or three days. And uh, at one point, you know, I'm like, you know, you know, throwing this thing at kapooch and I'm just cranking it in and I get it close to the boat and the whole water column moves like the water column, you know, and he, and he comes up and he grabs this thing. And, uh, and then he takes it under the boat and, you know, cause he hit it so short, like, you know, they'll follow right up to the boat and you're supposed to figure eight. I didn't know anything about figure eight. at the time I was just cranking it in and he grabs this thing and he starts to pull the, the, the whole rod and uh, under the boat. Right. And so now he's under the boat and I don't know if my drag wasn't quite right or whatever, but ping and there goes the rod. And I just remember, I just remember laying down in the boat, you know, and, you know, which would, has, had been leaking. So there's water and, you know, and whatnot in the bottom of this, you know, aluminum boat. And I'm just laying down there in a fetal position, just thinking, Oh my God, I had one. I had one and I lost it, you know, but everybody who musky fishes has got a story similar to that. It's just, it's why you go back. Yeah. You never, you never, it's like playing golf kind of, you never really, get it you know it's, we all and we all make mistakes too sometimes we do everything wrong and we'll and we'll end up netting the fish and then sometimes you do everything right and you lose them yeah um it's then it, it's you never know what's going to happen which is yeah well it's like it's, it's like life you know that's 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 well that's well put you know so let me ask you okay um you know you, you you've been really super successful okay at 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 doing this you know i put you in the top top tier you know the the, the top you know 10 percent um of of our missions out there without without question um you know and i and i can say that confidently 
because you've managed to energize a community. You've got an amazing, you know, event that's producing amazing results. The testimonials are just from the heroes are off the charts. The experience meets the world-class standard. Um, I just got to ask you, you know, a couple questions about that. First off, you know, how'd you do it? Um, you know, you mentioned that I energized the community. I, I really don't think that's the case. I think the community was energized when they heard that wounded vets were coming to their town. Um, mm. so I, and and I'm, I, I look back and I, I'm looking at our sponsors and the people. We have individuals, businesses, civic organizations that have come forward to support us. I can't think mm. of anyone I really had to give a sales pitch to, John, seriously. Um, yeah. All we had to do was let them know, look, we've got eight, ten Purple Heart combat wounded vets are coming in. We have to cover their expenses. We're going to give them, we're going to just show them a good time because they deserve it. I mean, they deserve the best. The resort, yes. the resort, the best food, the best company. They don't deserve anything less. You know, can you help us yeah. out? And they just started stepping forward. So we didn't really have to energize anybody. And that's just the kind of people that live in the area, the businesses, the associations, um, individuals. It, they just came forward. In fact, I remember 10 years ago, and I'll, I'll mention one, I don't like to mention one sponsor because they're all equally important to us. I remember mm-hmm. 10 years ago when we uh, first announced this on social media, in 15 minutes after I announced it, we got a call from, it was Sweetwater's a restaurant mm-hmm. bar in Eagle River, a call from the owner saying, what can I do? I just saw this. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Immediately. She wanted to help. Yeah. Um, and then they just came in after that. <laughs> yeah. That's... We had a church in a part right, right over the border in the UP. Not, not a lot of money. Not a, not a, not a wealthy community at all that just took up a collection and they're the ones that that cover those nice, uh, those beautiful fishing reels that we give each warrior. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on, but no, nobody was really had. We didn't really have to sell anybody on on coming. Yeah. Forward, which is it's just wonderful to see. Yeah. Well, that, there, there you go. I mean, uh, and I can actually say the same thing, you know, about the other, you know, forty nine or whatever the other mi- number of missions are out there. You know, it varies every year, but you know, typically it's right around fifty events that we're doing and something like 35 different states, but, you know, I've never asked anybody for help. I think our, I don't, is I don't, to, we don't, you know, our, our business model is to put it out there and educate people. Let, let the community know yeah. just in an honest, forthright way, what we do and what we need. Mm-hmm. And we just show this to them. And, you know, this is, this is, this is what we need. Can you help us? And that's, that, that's just how we do it. And it, yeah. it's, it, and it works, it works well. You know, I, I want to, I, I hope, uh, you know, by the time this airs that, uh, you know, there's plenty of people up there in the, uh, in the Eagle River, greater Eagle River community, because I know it, it bleeds beyond, you know, Eagle River uh, up there. There's other smaller, you know, supporting uh, entities in and around uh, the, the area. Yeah, that, that's so in general. Point. Yeah, we have, we have, yeah. have support from uh, companies in Madison, Oshkosh. Yeah. Individuals that's right. all over the, CR the Upper Peninsula, as I mentioned, um, water. Yeah, that's right. And then just yeah. all, all over the North Woods, 
they, they've come in to help us. It's, it's really been incredible. Yeah, it's it, it it is. It's 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 humbling. But I I hope I hope that there are, there are some people that that are up there that hear this that that uh, and I genuinely you know I'm speaking to you. Uh, I want to just say, you know, thank you. Thank you for uh, stepping up to the plate. Step, thank you for helping our, our combat wounded. Um, you know, and it's super, super important work. Now, the war, you know, Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, the, the latest, you know, conflicts are, are, are behind us. Um, but not really. And, 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 and I'm going to just touch on that for a second because, um, you know, we still to this day are losing, you know, between, you know, around 20, veterans a day to suicide and that's just it, it blows me away to, to to when i think about that like 20 veterans a day you know statistically by the time we finish this podcast a veteran will will have taken his life right and that's just that's just wrong you know there's something wrong about that and 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 so you know what can we do what can we do well what we can do is things like what what you're doing you know we can we can create opportunities for them to connect you know honor connect and heal honor what they did you know connect them with each other connect them with great people in a community connect them with the outdoors and all of that when you start layering it together has you know a healing effect in other words what i did for this country is 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 the sacrifices i made um are 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 valued I didn't just go do this in some country whose name I could, you know, had a hard time, um, uh, you know, pronouncing. I did this thing because I was wearing a uniform and it was my duty. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then I came back to this country and people like you, Scott, and you, and a community and the North, great community in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, you know, is opening up their hearts, their, their, you know, their, their, their homes, their, you know, their, 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 you know, checkbooks, etc to say thank you to, for what you did, recognizing uh, what they did for this country, uh, you know, in the way of, of defending freedom someplace. And to me, you know, c considering what happened to the Vietnam, you know, veterans when, when they came back and you, and you fast forward the tape, you know, 30 years to the day and you go, wow, things are different. And, 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 and it's people like you and your community that, that are making a difference. And, you know, I just want to, you know, thank you publicly and, and acknowledge all your hard work and all the amazing support you've managed to, uh, you know, to, to, to gather. And, and it's really nothing short of impressive and then amazing. And so, you know, I, I, I certainly uh, don't want uh, to miss the opportunity to thank you and, and everybody who's involved up there. Well, thanks, John. You know, I, the way we look at it, it's, it's really the least we can do. I mean, when you ask that yeah. question, don't do they deserve any less? No, they, they deserve. This is what they deserve. Yeah. I mean, it's the least we can do for them. Um, and as yeah. far as them healing, we actually see that they're we're together for only about four days. But these are that's mm -hmm. who don't know each other that come in from around yeah. the country, and now they're talking to each other about their experiences, and a lot of them have similar experiences. And we see yeah. them the first, they first get to town on a Thursday afternoon. And you, you kind of see how they are then and compare that to Saturday evening. And you just, you just see the difference in people. Yeah. And then if you look at some of those letters that you mentioned that we get from them, mm -hmm. um, yeah. maybe we helped prevent something really bad from happening. Maybe we played a, if we play a small role in that, 
Um, that would be yeah. great. We had a couple of letters where they specifically mentioned that about suicide. And I'm thinking That's about right. a time right now where we had one warrior, this was maybe three years ago, who was having a really bad time here. And he didn't, he wanted to quit and go home. It was a, it was a Friday morning and he was in the boat with one of our guides and our celebrity guy, Joe Booker was in the boat with them. And luckily this is the first boat that Joe was in and Joe helped talk with this fella and convinced him to stay. And he ended up having a really good time. But if that didn't happen, who knows what would have happened with him? It was, and he sent. I'll show you the letter that he sent us. It's, it's where he talks about talks about suicide, and uh, help maybe yeah. we help well, for away sure. from there a little bit. You know, a, yeah. Well, I I, I got to tell you, you know, uh, I give a lot of you know I, I give it a lot of thought. You know that 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 being you know this this idea uh, of helping, you know, heal. Uh, the invisible wounds uh, of war and um, you know there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about it you know I mean this is their 17th years what I do and um, you know when I think about that you know the the, the idea of the invisible wounds of war you know uh, when I was when this thing the foundation was just getting its feet underneath it I remember hearing from a very important person, a friend of mine who's a, a, a combat wounded uh, gentleman who's in a wheelchair that he'll never get out of, uh, you know, um, you know, spinal, uh, severe spinal cord injury. And he, and he said, re, re, as a result of combat, and, and he said to me, you know, hey, hey, sir, listen, I don't need any more stitches, okay? And I don't need any more operations, and I don't need any more pills. I got all of that. I'm, I'm full up here, okay? What I need, he said, is more of this. And what he was referring to was, you know, the, the hunting and fishing events that we were, you know, that we were doing. And, and that's, that resonated with me. And then I began to ask why to myself. Why is that? You know, why, why is this work? Why is why? Is, and I think that there's a there's lots of ways to answer that. But I think fundamentally, when you when you begin to break it down, and we we've got Cornell University following us and has been following us for many years, doing you know all kinds of survey, collecting all kinds of data, so that we can write these, you know, uh, you know, have something scientific, which we do, okay, that 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 says conclusively. Okay, statistically, quantifiably, that what we're doing is making a, a major difference in their lives. Like it works, right? And and but but beyond the data and beyond the scientific, you know, talk, you know, I say very fundamentally, what's going on here, you know, and why does it work? And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the answer is somewhere in the mix of, hey. I, I did something. I, I, I put on a uniform. I went somewhere. I did something. I got in. I got wounded. And I came back. I, I, got, I had to get discharged because of the, the nature of my wounds. And, and now the thing that I loved is gone. That being serving our country and wearing a uniform as a soldier or a Marine, uh, airman, fill in the blank. And I can't do that anymore because of the nature of my wounds. And uh, there's nothing back home for me. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, 
there some of them aren't even certain where their home is. You know, they don't really, you know, uh, identify a geographic location as home, believe it or not. Um, but, but here, people in communities uh, like yours that they don't know are, are, are doing what I said earlier. You know, they're, they're, they're welcoming, welcoming them. They're opening um, that, 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 a pathway. And they're doing this out of the kindness of their heart to express their gratitude for what they did. And that right there, I think fundamentally, that right there um, is something that gives them, that validates what they did. Right. I'm not a psychotherapist, but it validates what they did Mm -hmm. and then it connects them and and establishes, you know, connections and creates a lot of really positive memories that supplant uh, those that aren't so positive. That's what we try to do. That's 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 kind of our mission is to try to do that as much we can for the short time that we have them uh, in our community. We can can just do that and give them a give them a, a good time. No time to yeah. think about some of the problems. Talk to other warriors that have been through similar circumstances. We I see that helps. And, uh, yeah, and just give them some great memories to take home. Um, yeah. It's, it's a great feeling. That's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah that, 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 that's it. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, when you, when you look back on your event, you, share, you shared – you know, uh, one story with us there, uh, where, where, you know, a guy's life was, uh, was changed and, and Joe helped, uh, Joe helped us do that. Oh, I'm sure with the fishing guide as well. And his guide, and guy the, was, his name escaped me. The guy was Brent Kudrowski was his guy. Okay. And excellent. Just for, and, and Joe would Joe go, Joe Booker, our celebrity guide, um, mm-hmm. spends time in every boat with every warrior. It just oh, so happened sure. that that was the first boat he was in. If it wasn't, oh, wow. if it didn't work out, then Joe did a great job dealing with this warrior and his problems. So if if the timing sure. was different, who knows? He could have just got, gone back to shore and gone home, and who knows what would have happened. Yeah. So it was, it just happened that way, and it worked, yeah. it worked out well based on the letter that he sent us afterwards. Yeah, so it was very very powerful. It, it certainly is. Um, do you do you have? Um, you know, do you have any uh, other memories uh, or, or or scenarios that uh, have occurred in the nine years uh, that you've been doing this um, that stick out in your mind that you'd like to share with folks? Yeah, I, I just I, I watch the I'm out on the water and I'm always watching the warriors working with the um, with the guides and yeah. they might have some trouble fishing first with, with the you can't, it's, it's, it's not easy to get the technique down to do that, to, to musky fish. And no. the patience of the guides working with them and to see their excitement, like we mentioned earlier, when, they, when they're able to really to cast the rod and reel the right way and to see a fish. Mm-hmm. And uh, just it, I'm trying to think of a specific. It's like. I'll take I'll take I'll take this I'll, opportunity. I'll, yeah, before, you, before you, I just one, yeah. one and and we all get excited too because you know I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah. My father took me musky fishing when I was really little, and so in Eagle River, and I, I had my warrior in the boat a couple years ago, and I go now and I put on a new bait. And I'm like, 
Now watch, I'm trying to be like the official guide. I'm not a very good guide. I just like to fish. But you actually guide. You actually do the job too, right? You're out yeah, there I'm and you're both guiding. Yeah, I'm out there with them. I love that. Yeah, yeah me well, too. Like, yeah, me I watch too. closely and I'll show you how to use this bait. And, and when I'm explaining, <laughs> here comes this big this big fish comes up. I'm like, And I'm like, a, and I immediately become like a six-year-old. And I yell, I of probably course. swore or something. I don't know what I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. He grabbed, and then I give the rod and reel to the warrior who brought the fish in. And then I gave him the bait to take home actually. And oh my God, we had a, we had a great time. We just had, even if we didn't catch that fish, if the whole thing was hilarious and it was just, and every, every one of our guides has experiences like that. You talked, I think we have nine, we have eight to 10 guides every year. They'll, yeah. they'll all have memories like that. And yeah. for the warriors to take home with them. Um, we had a young lady, yeah. uh, a wounded vet. Uh, I, she's from Kentucky or Tennessee. This past year, she's with one of our, the person who founded this with me, Bill Jacobs. Mm -hmm. With him and her experience with, didn't catch the fish, but just the experience of seeing them and almost catching them. Mm -hmm. Just to hear, hear her talk about that. I still remember that the rest of her life. And every one of our guides has, has stories like that with the Warriors. It's, it's what's wonderful. To you know, I, when I was there, um, I remember, uh, you know, of course, for, for those that aren't familiar in the fall time, you know, musky fishermen have an opportunity to fish for with live bait, you know, chub suckers, whatever you want to call them. And I learned, you know, a few years ago, I was like, I, I remember you know, going to a couple of musky guides in the summertime, we were up there and I said, well, why, why don't we use, you know, suckers, you know, cause you know, it's summertime, you know, when I go fishing in the fall, that's, you know, that's what they're hitting on all the time. And, you know, of course the answer is cause they can't keep them alive, you know, uh, because they don't like the warm, you know, they gotta have cold water. So, ah, okay, that makes sense to me. But anyway, so we're, we're fishing, I'm fishing with my guide and he says to me, Okay, so, you know, when this rod starts going click, 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 because that the drag set real low on the on the drop line with the sucker on it, he goes, when that, when that line starts going click, click, you know, and it's being pulled out by a muskie, he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to grab the rod and he goes, I'm going to hand it to you. And when I tell you to set the hook, okay, he goes, I want you to try to break the rod. And I go, got it. <laughs> You know, it's all you got to say to me, man. That's that's it. And uh, so that happens, in fact. And, and I'm, you know, I'm not a small guy. You know, I, I, I can bring it still. <laughs> uh, and so the rod starts going click, click, click. And, and he grabs it. He makes, you know, waits a little bit, makes sure that, he, that, he, that the fish has got it. And then he gently hands me this rod. And for those that don't know, musky rods are more like pool cues. <laughs> You know, they really are. They're really, they're not like your, you know, standard seven foot, you know, uh, you know, medium action, you know, spin casting rod. No, 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 no. These things are heavy duty deals. You know, like they look more like a pool cue than they do a fishing rod. They're thick and they got a big, you know, tough spine on them. And uh, anyway, so he hands me this St. Croix rod, right? And, and, and musky rod set up just for that. And, and then he goes, okay, set the hook. And I, and I lean back, like coming from East Jesus to try to break this rod. And I put so much horsepower on it. The, the musky comes flying. Okay. Out of the water, Scott, it comes flying out of, I pull it right out of the water. 
and my guide has got the net in his hand waiting, you know, to, he's, you know, he's all ready to, to, to land this fish, but it comes flying out of the water and he does this dynamic move in the boat with the net and catches it in midair. Oh my God. Did you, did you, did you know that? No, I didn't know that. True story. No, that, True well, story. Justin, right? Or, yes. Justin Reynolds. Sure. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, Justin did that. Ask him about it. it I, I was like, and it happened like that. And we both looked at each other like, "What? What just happened?" Oh and and we realized in that moment that that, that there was this ma- massive dynamic action happening. And I horsed that fish right out of the water. And he caught it in midair, you know, with a, a dynamic move. And oh, we just both looked at each other. There's hours of nothing, and then one minute of just craziness. That's how it. That's it's, exactly. It that's musky fishing. Yeah. yeah, that's so great. That's a, okay, so you know, I, I want to ask you before we close uh, here. It's been a great interview, and um, you know, you you you, you uh, again, you're just doing amazing things. But you're also, you know, behind the scenes. You know, uh, it, usually what we find is, you know, with hosts like you. You know, you're you're very, you know, they're all very successful people in their own, you know, way. Um, really dynamic, got great personalities, and 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 are you know solid members of their of their community. But you're a pilot, okay? You're 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 a, not a private pilot, but a, you know, how would you describe? You have your pilot's license. I mean, I see you on Facebook, you know, flying a plane, right? Yes. Yeah. And it's a piston engine. It is, yeah. Yes. It's a light. It's a light. It's a Lycoming, one hundred and sixty-three horse Lycoming engine. Yes. Yeah, that's so cool. That's on, that's on the yeah. pipe. That's why well, I, I fly a Piper Warrior, and then that's that's the Cessna Skyhawk one seventy-two. Is what I'm. What I'm. That's flying. a cool plane. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Cessna. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're a pilot. You're and 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 you do that. And I love to see those pictures and. And you're also, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, but, you know, you're also, you're a boxing aficionado. And you told me you wrestled, you know, in high school, but you, you, uh, you know, you, 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 uh, you know, and I love boxing too. You know, I mean, I wish there was more of that in the world, but, you know, so what's your connection with boxing? Well, I was always a big fan. Okay. Ever since uh, March 8th, 1971, which is when uh, Joe Frazier beat Muhammad Ali first there. Was that the Thrilla in Manila? No, that was the third fight. This is the first fight at Madison Square Garden, actually. Is that your favorite fight? No, no. My favorite fight is actually a an, a, an amateur fight between um, Leon Spinks and a Cuban named Sixto Soraya, where Leon won the gold medal in '76. Go on YouTube. Was it a great fight? Go on YouTube. And yeah. Look at that. It, that it's the most. It's the coolest fight I've ever seen. But anyway, so I was wow. a big fan. Okay. And then I was on the football team in college. We go to your town of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, in Titan Stadium. Mm-hmm. I break my hand, mm. and I'm like, "These guys are so huge. I'm like so little, and I I got to do something else." So I joined the boxing team because then you're only in there with guys that are your own age or your own size, right? Right, right. So I, the weight I, category. I was at UW Stevens Point. Joined the boxing team. Did well. I'm like, oh, I couldn't see because of my glasses. I had to take my glasses off, and I had terrible vision. But, but with boxing, you just have to be close enough, you kind know. Of throw, yeah, without hitting the ref, you just kind of try to hit what vision that you see in front of you, you know. And, uh, and it was fun. It was a short, short career. But uh, it's just something that's always interested me. And so since then, I've always 
I've always followed it. It's changed a lot. It's not as big a point. It's not big in popular culture like it used to be now. Um, uh, But the history of it is exciting. And I collect autographs of some old fighters. Like I've got Jack Dempsey and Nick Schmeling and um, Jack Sharkey, a few other old world champions and things. It's just a lot of fun. Very cool. It's a good time. Yeah. And I try to to fly every, every week, not so much down here in Miami because it's a little bit more, the airports are more intimidating down here than they are up in the Northwoods. A little busier. Yeah. Yeah. A little busier busier. down, down there in that line. Yeah. So you're kind of a snowbird. You spend, you spend, uh, you know, what, eight months or so up in, uh, in Eagle river, your home. And then you come down here, uh, you know, to, uh, Miami land, if you will, uh, for a few months. Yeah. Try to spend four months down here. And uh, mm-hmm. it's you know, kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I I, uh, I, I want to again, I want to, you know, thank you for all that you do. It's been a pleasure, you know, having you on the program today. Uh, I'll give you I'll give you another, you know, whack at the pinata here because uh, I, I, I don't like having any, you know, in the military used to say saved rounds, you know, don't don't save any rounds, man. Uh, but you know, do you have uh, do you have anything that you'd like to chat about or discuss or, or say to any, you know anybody before we uh, before we part? It's just an honor to be part of this organization, and uh, if you, for those that aren't familiar with this organization, take a take a look at them and take a close look at what they do. Um, everything they do is all about the warriors. It's not about themselves, um, and. Uh, we're just honored that we're able to just give these men and women a few days of having a good time and to thank the guides, the volunteers, and the sponsors that make everything possible. And the fact that we never had, like I said, the fact that we never had to sell them on anything, we never had to give anybody the hard sell or the sales pitch. They just came forward just just to thank everybody that did all that. And so thanks for letting us be a part of this. We love it. Well, you know, the, thank you. I mean, if it's not, if it weren't for folks like you and your, your community that uh, stepped up to the plate, we would, uh, we would certainly not be where we are. And, and so hats off to you again, you know, your, your leadership is, uh, is obviously, uh, you know, a critical piece to this thing. You, you're, you're a great leader. I know you probably don't, you know, you probably don't think about it like that, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm most certain that that's the case. And, uh, you know, you guys have, uh, really helped the foundation, uh, a lot, touched a lot of lives and, uh, you know, the resource that you guys have, uh, you know, uh, are, are producing is really, you know, changing and in some cases saving, saving lives. And, you know, what I'll say in, in, in parting real quick, I meant to say earlier, but, you know, you know, not, not to end on a, on a sad note, but, you know, going back to the, you know, to the, to, to the suicide bit, um, you know, part of this is to bring awareness to people too, you know, I mean, the, the general public. And then that's why this topic keeps, you know, popping up, but, um, because there are things you can do to help, uh, you can get involved, you know, you can go to our website, you know, you know at the end of the show here, you know, you'll be presented an opportunity to, uh, figure out how to, you know, op- options for for uh, getting a hold of us and getting involved. But um, you know, the the thing of it is, is that the average age, okay, of the of the the the, the veteran that's taken his life, I would have I would have guessed, 
if you had asked me, I would have said, oh, mid-30s. You know, what have I, I would have guessed that. Right, but the statistics, according to the Veterans Administration, put that age closer to 50. And I go, wow. You know, I start scratching my head, and I'm like, jeez. You know, the, these guys have seen con- start, start, saw their first combat when they were in their early 20s. Sure. You know, 30 years later, they're taking their life. That's amazing. You know? Isn't it? Isn't it? I now, here's the news flag. No. Right. I know. Listen, here's the thing, Scott. Check this out. Um, and so I asked my staff, because we have some data. We have the data. You know, we, we have the database. They tell us how old they are when they were born. I mean, I won't share it with anybody, but, you know, we, we use it for, for, for things like, okay, hey, you know, what's the average age of the, uh, you know, average, you know, veteran in our population? You know, and we have a database the government didn't give us this. It took us 17 years to accumulate the data that we have, you know, and we don't ask for much from them. But uh, anyway, the average age of, of the veteran in our in our population, the Purple Heart community that, that has volunteered to be part of what we're doing, um, is 38. Mm-hmm. And so what does that tell you? That tells you, you know, because we've had, I, I think there's one, okay, there's one documented record uh, of, of in, in our population in 17 years of a veteran taking his life. Now, when you compare that to the national average, you go, wow, that's there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. You've only lost one veteran, and yet we're losing, you know, 20 a day to suicide. What's going on there? That's what, you know, Cornell University and the study is going to help us, you know, understand, but better understand. But but the, what that tells me is that the bow wave you know, is coming. Mm-hmm. You know, if the average age is 38, you know, of our veteran population right now and our, that we're serving and the, you know, and, and the average age of the veteran taking his life is 50. That means in 10 years, plus or minus, you know, that's why what we're doing now is so important. It can make a big difference. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Right. So Anyway, keep that in mind as we as we uh, as we progress forward. Um, listen, Scott, thank you very very much for for your time today and all that you've done. Happy to do it. Was, Thanks for letting us be a part of it. Yeah, phenomenal. And when you get get back up there to the uh, the great Northwoods, um, please at every opportunity you get to 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 run into one of our sponsors, one of your sponsors, one of your supporters. Please look them in the eye, shake their hand for me and, and, and say, you know, genuinely thank you because I'm coming back uh, to Eagle River uh, because we've got a, a whole bunch of amazing recognition awards that, uh, that, that, that you and your community have, have earned. And, and so I'm, I'm coming back we open um, our to recognize September 21st is when this year's event takes place. So awesome. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much. You enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, we appreciate your time, and, 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 and we're a wrap here on Honor Connect Hill. Thanks, John. Have a great day. To learn more about the mission of the Wounded Warriors in Action Foundation and how you can get involved, please visit our website at www.iaf.org or follow our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening to the WWIA podcast and for helping us honor, connect, and heal our combat-wounded Purple Heart heroes through the power of the great outdoors.
If you like what you're listening to here and would like to join our team in our mission to bring healing power and recovery to America's Purple Heart heroes, please become part of our Sponsor a Hero team by clicking on the link in the podcast notes or by going to wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. That's wwiaf.org forward slash sponsor. Our heroes need you now more than ever. Thank you.